But first to a very, very important sector, a public sector in uh, the state of ours. They're at the front line of law and order and they do an amazing job under ever-increasing pressure. Of course, I'm talking about our police department. 6,000 people in total looking after the state 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But guess what? They want more. Yes, they're on a recruitment drive to tell us uh, what uh, they want more people for. We're joined by Acting Superintendent Rebecca Fulton, who's currently in charge of St Paul's Police Academy. That's not a bad gig. Hello there. Hello. <laughs> Pleased to meet you. Thanks for coming in. Also, we've got Superintendent uh, Kim Thomas, Officer in Charge of the Protective uh, Security uh, Officer Division. Hello there. Good afternoon. How are you, Kim? Good afternoon. And Inspector Alison McGilvery, uh, McGilvray, sorry, uh, officer in charge of uh, cadet uh, recruiting. I'm probably, I'm probably a bit old to be recruited as a cadet, aren't I? No, there's no age limit, Alan. We'd love to have you. Really? Oh, OK. We might get to that in a moment. Absolutely. Fantastic. Well, listen, if you've got any uh, questions for the team, uh, give us a call, 8223-0000. Alison, we'll begin with you. You're in charge of police recruiting. Um, is it getting more and more difficult? Police recruiting is uh, always receiving many applicants from a lot of dedicated people who are very keen to be police officers, and uh, so such it's very competitive. We uh, recruit all year round, so we don't actually have a you have to have your applications in by this date. Right. So at any time, anyone can go onto our Achieve More website, get our application package, have a look at what the requirements are, and then when they've gathered all their um, required documents and they've done the training they need to do and they've got a driver's licence, then they can drop their application in at police headquarters and we'll certainly receive it and process it and then we select on merit mm -hmm. for the next available course. So when you say, if I meet the criteria, can you give us a brief outline of what that criteria is, the, the critical criteria? Yep. So you need to be an Australian resident or have permanent residency. There isn't any height um, requirement anymore. There's not anymore because no, there used to be, didn't there? Right. I only just snuck in <laughs> some years ago. Tip your um, toes. Yes, yeah. but you do have to have a driver's licence or a probationary licence without any demerit points and you also... Hang on, is there a cut-off on the demerit points? Sorry, yes. So for a probationary licence you need to be zero points but for a driver's licence we do accept some driving history which is assessed on your record over the years. Okay, that's we do enough. have to have someone who's hmm. a little bit in the belief of doing the right thing. Yeah. That's the whole idea behind yeah. policing. Hmm. Um, and then there is an aptitude test that's done through TAFE and then a um, psychometric testing and personality testing which is done by us. And if you have a um, TAFE um, sorry, an ATAR of 70 or above in hmm. the last three years and that qualifies you um, and yeah, that's that pretty well ticks it. it off. What's the average age of applicants you get? Um, I don't know specifically the average, but we do get certainly from school leavers at 18, so you can join SAPOL from 18, and they go through the whole range of people. So we have brand-new young people mm. who, we are, who we certainly encourage to apply. It used to be the case a few years ago that we wanted people with life experience. Yeah. But what we've found is that we're missing this really good group of young people with great intentions to be police officers, but they go and do good things other places, and mm. we miss out on them. Mm. So we're we're now encouraging youth to apply and we'll give them the life experience as a police officer once they join. So and they've also got the advantage of having the ability to connect with the younger people they're dealing right. with too. Yep, they can connect. They're also more willing to move to the country because they don't have the um, 
things in Adelaide that hold them in Adelaide, like partners with jobs or children mm-hmm. in Adelaide. So, yeah, we encourage youth to apply for sure. Now, that's a really good point. Can I be posted anywhere in the state? Do I yes. have a say? No, you don't have a say. I'm a bit like such. a teacher. I can yep. send, be so, sent anywhere. Yeah, so we put that straight up on the application. Yep. You sign an um, agreement that you will move anywhere in the state. It is unlikely that you'll be moved um, later on in your career, but certainly early in your career, you have to be willing to move wherever you are. And that's part of that learning process yes, too, yeah. isn't it? It's part I, of the experience. Yeah. I went. I moved to Port Augusta when I was 19, just after I graduated, and have spent over 18 years in the country at lots of different places and yeah. loved every minute of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can I perhaps yeah. add something yeah. there? Yeah, yeah sure. There are a lot of people who are perhaps fearful about going to the country and they end up going, they end up loving it. People like going to love. They yeah. actually fall in love with the country. Yeah. The other thing that we do uh, from a uh, training perspective is whilst they're with us in training, we actually try to canvas volunteers for country postings rather than ending up having to throw a hat, names right, in the okay. hat or something like that yeah, as well. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah. The, Alison's right, we, in the end you do have to be prepared to, to go to the country if, if that's uh, what you're asked to do. Now, now Alison, um, one of the, the things that you've been sort of going out of your way lately is to get a gender equality in the force. So you've been going out of your way to recruit more women. Has that been successful? It has been successful. So since about January 2016, we've aimed to have 50-50 um, recruitment through some gender parity, and we've achieved that. Mm. So since then, we have received... Um, have. Uh, employed 50-50 recruits. And um, what about the, the longevity of, and I'm not talking to talk about women here, longevity of men and women? What's the average time people are spending in the force? Does it, that, that's a question for any of you. Yep. Does anyone know? I, I think it used to be um, a, about seven or eight years for females and 10 to 12 for males. Now, the actual specifics of that today, um, that may be a little out of date. Mm-hmm. But um, there are some people who come, they have a we we get the best out of them for a short period of yep. time and they enjoy it, but then something else calls them and off they go. And there are other people like the three of us here who've been here a long time. Mm. So it averages out um, to, yeah, that mid-teens. Teens okay. And that, that uh, you know, sort of dictates the need for you to keep on rolling over the staff and keep on re-recruiting, don't you? Yes, that's right. So yeah. we recruit on attrition. We have up to about 140 to 150 retire or separate from SAPOL each year. So our recruiting will normally be met... Um, to that number, plus then also the normal growth through the government and what we're allowed to then increase that numbers. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Now, again, a question for all of you. Um, uh, we're talking about we've talked about gender. We've made a fifty-fifty match there. What about um, uh, different uh, 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 social backgrounds? Is that is that an area that you look at? Uh, um, talk about F, F, you know the ethnic background, etc. Do you actually have targets there, or you just uh, sort of you know recruit who who, no, who who can make the test? No, we certainly do have targets, and we actively go out to recruit and seek people from different cultural and diverse backgrounds, um, and also community constables, which you may get to event to eventually. And we seek people from different communities because it, we're meant to represent the community and. Be there to provide a service that's that is meets the needs of the community. So, because there are so many cultures in the community, having people within SAPOL from those communities can greatly enhance our mm. service. Mm, mm, absolutely. Um, come to you, Rebecca. You, you're currently running the police academy. Yes. Now, it's not. It's not like the movie, is it? Not at all. Nothing like the movie. It'd be fun if it was. But It'd no, be fun if it was. You'd probably have more recruits, not. quite frankly. <laughs> Thank goodness it's not. Yeah. Imagine a police force like that. Absolutely. What's What's it really like? What uh, is the expectation of someone when they actually sign up and then they get to the academy and say, "God, this is reality." 
Well, I, I was talking about that the other day with some people about what my expectations were when I joined, and um, I, I was pleasantly surprised. I thought it would be a lot more military than it was. It actually wasn't, uh, and we're talking now about, I hate to say that, about 30 years ago, <laughs> um, and so we're even more modern than we were then, of course, and so it's a bit hard to talk about expectations, but I think um, it, it is without a doubt, and we make no apologies, it is quite a hard year, so mm. it's a year's worth of training. It's 12 months. So um, it's 12 months full-time at the Academy? Absolutely, 12 months full-time, and pretty much um, Monday to Friday and uh, day hours to start off with. Uh, there is some um, occasional afternoon uh, shift requirements. For example, when we do uh, teach them to drive police cars, we mm. do a component of driving in, the, in d- hours of darkness because they will be driving mm. police cars then. So um, it, it's har- it is hard work, um, but it's... Uh, it, it's fun. I think they mostly enjoy it as well, and they look back on it and their sense of achievement that they have as well. What sort of um, uh, success rate to, to actually go through? People that sign up and actually make it through and end up getting their, their badge at the end of the process. I'd hate to put a percentage on it, but I'd say on average we might have one person per course, and a course is about usually about 26 that might decide that it's not for them. That all that that the, yeah. So could have had Alison's crew do such a good job recruiting that, yeah. uh, and it's our job really, quite frankly, to help them through as well, to mm. actually mentor them and and support them through their learning. So what's a give us a typical day? Run us through a typical day. What time do I have to get up? <laughs> I just know what time you have to be at work. I don't mind what time you get up. But so as long as you're at work at half past eight on the dot, because yep. at half past eight we start off with a, quite a formal parade um, that um, is actually standing with your group, with your team um, at, at attention, coming to attention and doing what we call an, an um, advance. So we actually they learn to march and uh, they then have to do a roll call and then after that they go off to lessons for the day. And the typical day, um, it well, obviously varies depending on what you've got in your schedule but um, it might be that your first couple of lessons might be to do with uh, physical training mm-hmm. and learning some operational safety, which is very uh, safety is very important to us, obviously, not just our safety, but how we can keep the public safe. Yep. Yeah. So that might involve um, uh, going over our obstacle course or going for a run and then um, some lessons around perhaps something like handcuffing. Uh, then you might get changed back in a uniform because you'll be doing that in PT gear. Back into uniform after a bit of a morning tea break, head off to a, les- a couple of lessons on theory of some particular law, how that's administered, and then the afternoon might be spent actually putting that law into practice. And we do a lot of um, role play and scenario based training, and we actually have a lot of fantastic volunteers that come and help us with that as well. Okay, when do I get uh, loose? On, get set loose on the public? <laughs> well, um, recruits actually you know, um, go out and work with police very early on. So after they've been at the academy for four. 14 weeks, they actually go out with police on oh, so the trials. So actually on the road after that? Um, yeah. uh, well, as a learning thing, yeah, yeah. on, on the yeah. job learning, they do that for about four weeks and then they come back to us again um, uh, uh, to do more theory training. And that actually helps them in terms of their development. They get to see the things that they've been learning in theory and how police put those things into practice and it really helps solidify their mm. for them. Mm. Yeah, to see the practical side of how it works in the real world yeah. as opposed to, That's you right. know, yeah. Um, is there a way to fast-track uh, my career? through the academy if for example if i had a, a law degree would that would that fast track me or we've all got to go go and do that basic 12 month course yes. no you need to do the 12 month course right. but we do have a transition uh, option for interstate police and some overseas police 
and also for people who have been a protective service officer or a community constable. Okay, which we're going to talk about in a moment. Correct. Because there for a while, a couple of years ago, I don't know that we're doing it now, but we were recruiting quite a few from the UK, weren't we, That's because true. we were having trouble recruiting locally? Yeah, well, it's not that we were having trouble. We just wanted to boost numbers again, that diverse uh, option. So, yes, we did have a UK recruiting drive, but we don't at the moment. We don't at the moment. So is that because you don't need it? No, we've got plenty of good applicants sitting okay. in our files. That's interesting, isn't it, that that turned around fairly quickly because what that was only, what, three years ago, wasn't it? Oh, no, about... 10, 12. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, I'm showing my age. <laughs> <laughs> my, how time flies. <laughs> They're, um, um, those people we recruited are inspectors and sergeants now. So. Oh, are they? All right, all right. So we've got a, got a salute to them. Mm. Uh, we're going to talk about um, the uh, protective uh, security officers. Uh, that uh, is also another area that uh, we can get into uh, if we want to join SAPOL. We'll get to that in just a moment. In the meantime, if you've got any questions for the team that are here, give us a call, 8223 0000. And it's 10 minutes away from 2 o'clock. We're talking about um, recruitment to uh, SAPOL at the moment. Uh, Lots of opportunities. And uh, the the figures, uh, as we've just been discussing, are uh, quite encouraging at the moment. Uh, They've got a full house, well, almost full house at the Academy, which is great news. So uh, there's uh, plenty of people coming through. Quickly take a call, if we could, from uh, Michelle at Morford Vale. G'day, Michelle. How are you? Hi. Thank you. You've got a question Um, for the team? Uh, yes, my son is wanting to become a police officer and as much as I'm nervous about it, I'm letting him go for it. I'm just wanting to know if there's a height restriction. Yes. Alison, the good, I think Alison has some good news for you, Michelle. That's right. No, there isn't a height restriction. So it's a general um, medical and fitness test, uh, but no height restriction. Okay, because he's going to be, he's six foot four at the moment, and he's going to be six foot seven. We love him. (laughs) Because it's a bigger target. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's all right. He's got more that's not viable. (laughs) He'll be fine. No, it's one of those things. If, if If he really wants to be a police officer, then that's... His decision, and certainly, you know, family play a big part in supporting or not supporting however it goes, but it is a career that is very positive and there's a lot of opportunity for police that doesn't include danger. Um, yes, he's very, very much wanting to do it and we would support him wholeheartedly in whatever he wanted to do. Michelle, why, why does he want to do it, out of curiosity? Um, he just likes helping people. Right. Mm. He wants to look after people um and so he wants to keep the community safe i guess um but he he has wanted to do all these different things and then he's like mum i really really want to do this my father has said it would be amazing he would be so proud of him and i think he just he really looks up to the police as good good really good people and it's a career as as they said, it's, it's something that you can branch off into all different areas. Um, I guess just being his mum, I'm just a little bit concerned about his safety. But if he wants to do it, and then I said, well, honey, you might be too tall. It, it might be that you, and there's nothing you can do about that. Right, Michelle, um, Michelle, how old is your son? He's only 16. Okay, we have a um, recruitment seminar that's available, the date's available on our Achieve More website. If you get him to have a look at that website, 
and he can nominate for a recruiting seminar and that'll give him an idea, even though he's only 16, it will give him an idea on what he needs to work towards and what the job involves. And then if he's still keen and that's what he'd like to do, then certainly from the age of 18 he can apply. And uh, if he isn't successful the first time, then uh, we ask people to go away to get the skills that they needed and then uh, come back again. So certainly if he's keen, I'm a big believer in supporting our children, whatever is their, their dream is. So that would be my advice to him, would be to come and have a look at one of our seminars and see if it is exactly what he wants. Good on you, Michelle. Sounds like a big tick there. All right, let's uh, speak to Superintendent Kim uh, Thomas. Now, you don't, if you want to be in uniform and you want to be part of, uh, say, Paul, you don't have to necessarily be a fully-fledged police officer. Have I got that wrong, Kim? Am I, if I'm a protective, uh, uh, protective service, uh, security officer, am I a fully-fledged police officer? Uh, no, you're not, Alan. Um, you, although you do have um, certain authorities uh, in certain places within the CBD, but can I just uh, take a step back? Maintaining security over government uh, assets is a really important job mm. um, in maintaining um, community safety. And uh, we have almost 130 protective security officers that uh, perform a range of functions. Uh, we have a number within the CBD that work in static sites. They may be um, like the um, the state admission, uh, state administration mm-hmm. uh, centre and parliament. G- uh, and government so house is another one, isn't government it? You often see the car one. parked outside government house there. Yes, yeah. that's right. And then we have a large number that perform mobile patrols uh, out in the suburbs. So they um, look after the. Uh, um, assets of schools on a 24-7 basis and uh, we have a number, n- number of other people that perform supervisory functions but importantly uh, we are recruiting now we're looking for people that may be interested um, in us as a uh, future uh, employment career mm-hmm. and indeed we're holding a seminar at police headquarters on the 26th of June which is a Tuesday at 7pm so if you'd like um, to register your interest uh, demand is quite strong but if you'd like to register your interest I'd like to um, have uh, people just direct their attentions to our website which is www.achievemore.com.au um, if they'd like to come along on the uh, 26th of June achievemore or one word dot com dot au that's right um, okay um, who, who can actually apply to be a protective uh, security officer well, Alan, um, when people apply to join the police um, on the front of the application form, they can either tick they want to be a sworn police officer mm-hmm. or a protective security officer. Right. And the process um, is almost the same. Uh, we have two sections uh, within our branch. One is the physical security section where we've got about 100 people and they perform the static and the mobile patrols. And then the uh, other important part of our branch is the security control centre. So they monitor all the uh, the alarms from uh, government assets and also CCTV um, across the CBD. They do some good work down there. Oh, so they're the one monitor- ones monitoring the CC- all the cameras around the city? That's correct. 24 hours a day? 24-7. Yeah, OK. And they communicate to the... the, the- teams on the street if there's an incident that you know in, in a certain street that's right they do a very good job they uh stay in close contact with uh, eastern adelaide intelligence so they detect uh, all sorts of offenses and uh, disorderly behavior on the streets and work closely with the police they're in direct communication with the police via our radio systems right what's the the relationship then between um uh, the, the, the well, what's the difference as far as the public perception between one of your team and a, a sworn police officer certainly from a physical sense um our people the protective 
protective security officers wear a uniform, which is um, a white shirt, which is probably the major difference. They have a peak cap and they've got gold embroidery on their, right. on their uniform. Yep. They do wear load-bearing vests and they do wear a firearm. Um, um, our protective security officers undertake a nine-week training program through the uh, the police academy, um, which is um, mainly focused around law and communication, their authorities, firearms training and um, and other tactical options. Uh, and indeed, the people that work in our control centre, they uh, perform some of their training down at the academy, but uh, six weeks of the nine weeks is workplace training. Right, OK. Um, so... Uh if I can't get through the, if I want to be, you know, go go in and be a sworn police officer, or I can't get through that, is this a fallback position for me? That can be one of your considerations. Right. Um, okay. But also we recruit for people that just want to be a protective yeah. security officer and uh, be a part of uh, an exciting team that we have down there. We have workplace um, flexibility. There's good paying conditions and uh, there's really good uh, camaraderie down there at the moment. Mm. It's yeah, a good place to work. Could imagine. Dallas has called in from Tennyson. Hi, Dallas. Hello, how are you? Yeah, good, good. Uh, what do you want to say to the team? Oh, um, I've been listening with total interest about what your senior sergeant from the academy has been talking about. My son just graduated two months ago. He was um, lucky enough to get his first presence on the third police station. Yep. And to observe what he went through in that 12 months, not even talking about the couple of years it took to get, to get in them the job, but to observe what he went through and watch that young man grow up so quick, it's an absolute credit to him and the police force for what they get the best out of these individuals. That's and fantastic, that's mate. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, uh, Rebecca, there's a big pat on the back. Oh, thank you, Dallas, for that feedback. That's really valuable. We we love what we do and uh, we want to make the best, uh, uh, turn the best people out from the police academy so they're prepared to do a difficult job. And is he enjoying uh, life on the road now, Dallas? To um, put it in his words, it's good fun. Good fun. <laughs> That's what we like to hear. You've got, you've got three big smiles in the studio here from the officers that are here. Thanks, Dallas. Uh, great call. That pretty well sums it up, doesn't it? Uh, uh, the thing that fascinated me about uh, our discussion is, um, uh, Rebecca, you said um, um, uh, that only one out of each group sort of drops out. That's about, amazing. About Only on average, one. Yeah. yeah. Well, as I yeah. said, I think recruiting do a very good job. But we, we put a lot of effort into um, uh, our training. Not, it's not just uh, um, the twelve months. It's, we do a lot of additional training, one-on-one mentoring people. Um, we've even got TAFE instructors that were mm. with us as well around uh, English skills because a lot of police work actually does involve report writing for court purposes, for example. Um, and so uh, if someone even is falling behind, we might actually put them on a personal pl- plan, right. yeah. learning plan to actually mm. assist them as well. Um, and sometimes the penny drops for people, they think it's not for them. Sometimes perhaps we unfortunately think perhaps we've made them, you know, mm. an mm. error, perhaps they've not quite got the goods we want but yeah it's a relatively small number mm. yeah no, it's fantastic well listen thanks for coming in uh, fa- fascinating stuff and a couple of really good calls uh, there that uh, really sum up the situation achievemore.com.au is the website to go to if uh, you're interested in the protective security uh, service and also what about uh, if you want to be 
The Achieve More site has uh, for the police, protective security officers, community constables and administration officers. Okay, fantastic. So that's the site to go to for the whole range if you're interested. All right, thank you so much uh, for coming in. Good to see you. And um, um, I'll see you down at the... The Academy sometime. I look forward to it. <laughs> as a visitor, not as a recruit, though. I don't think I'd pass the medical somehow. Okay, that website again, achievemore.com.au.